Did, did you watch this today? Yes, it did. Oh, man. Okay, I have been sitting on this. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this is very fresh in my mind. When I woke up this morning, as I started to take a shower and I realized, okay, I need to talk about this movie today, I immediately got so mad. <laughs> I wake up and it takes me about an hour to become a human being, but it, this today it took me like five minutes. <laughs> Welcome to Direct-to-Video VHS. VHS? I am your host, Tony Robusto. I am your host, Andy Reyes. Okay, see, this is the problem. That's the problem. Is then I forget to say the other thing. This is a podcast where we pair movies like Fine Wine. Mm-hmm. I see. <sighs> you know, the thing about this series of movies that we have been on for a while. There is a thing about them that is almost mm. kind of interesting in that they seem to come prepared because the last one, the last two was a movie and then a direct sequel of that movie. And this movie, spoiler, I, ends with the I, words to be continued. I, I cannot believe I cannot believe that this movie had the had the the fucking gall the to stone tell me cold balls because here's the thing is <laughs> I fucking brass balls. hated hated the ending of this movie you would think that I would be glad that there's more to resolve all of this stuff but no it just made me mad because now I'm like oh you lazy pieces of shit. They could have just not had this many plot threads going if they were going to have to do it to be continued. They could have split this into two entirely separate movies, because here's the thing is, is that one half of this movie does not fucking touch the other half of this movie. That's the wildest thing about this movie. And you know what? They should have, because that's the only way the ending makes sense to me. And also, there is a third part of this movie that could just be cut out entirely, and the movie would be a lot more watchable. Although I'll say that this was maybe the only Swan Princess movie with, and this is going to be a bold statement, of the only 3D animated Swan Princess movie with, I think I'm going to say it, good music? There was, there, there was some bad music, but a couple of these songs were kind of bangers. <laughs> And I, what was really distracting was that the movie was so ugly. <laughs> it, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I was expecting this to be a lot worse. But in some ways, it maybe would have been easier if it was worse. Because I remember the Russian ice skater girl, and I liked really liked her song. And then I would look at the screen, and her mouth would be like wrong, I, like a Cthulhu. Cannot. <laughs> they zoom into her mouth. It is at some so point. terrible. And I, I, <laughs> I almost like, threw my laptop. It was so disgusting. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that was terrible. But if the song had been bad, I barely would have noticed that, probably, because I would have been like, oh, my God, this song. This, song. They, th this is the definition of, like, cashing checks that, or, or writing checks that you can't cash. So we watched The Swan Princess, a registered trademark, Kingdom of Music. 
I thought Kingdom of Music meant they were going to go to a place that they called the Kingdom of Music that was just China. I was wrong, which is, I guess, good? <laughs> I, I still don't know how I feel about it. I feel like, again, the cover art of this movie writing a lot of checks that it wasn't ready to catch. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll also say that the opening of this movie, they have some... I don't even know what instrument this is, but it's like a Chinese wind instrument that they were playing mm. over the whole opening. And I was like, this felt less racist when they did it in Mulan. Technically, they're yeah, doing yeah. the same thing in Mulan, but it sure feels more racist here. <laughs> So I was pretty happy when they left China, actually. <laughs> I think my first note was starting strong with some vaguely Chinese music. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess the difference is somebody who knew what they were doing composed that other music. That's that's what I think it is, is I think the composition is what's wrong. And so it just feels lazy. And lazy, when you're doing like a stereotype about a race, immediately feels racist. Anyway. <laughs> It's just so much. God, this movie. Okay. I'm so mad at you and Richard Rich and um, the guy who plays Derek. <laughs> Yuri Lowenthal. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new production company in this movie. Do we? I got so distracted. Yes, we do. We do. Sony Pictures Worldwide Acquisitions Group. Okay, so this is like a new subsidiary of Sony we're working with now. As far as I can tell, this is a film division of Sony that is specializes in acquiring and producing films. Okay. So, you know, they've done a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that I like, like? actually. Uh, the Raid 2. Okay. That's it. So um, not like, so not like, <laughs> this is important, not like, not like good films. Like, there's, okay, there's... I would say that the the Raid 2 is a masterpiece, but... The Raid 2 is allowed no, to not be... like good a, films. A, okay, okay, the Raid 2 is allowed to be good, but it is good despite the fact that it is a sequel to The Raid. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the, the Raid is also really good. The Raid, it's the problem is that The Raid 2 is the exact same movie, but better, they're just like low budget horror films though right like uh no these are low budget action films oh are the raids action films okay i've never seen one i have never seen a Uh raid no you they did however do the they what they they did the evil dead reboot they did uh wreck which is a horror movie Mm -hmm. that's the one about wreck and ralph um oh they did arrival that's a movie that people liked that is a movie that people liked but it still seems like the the movies that these guys do are like movies that you're not going to like hang your hat on. And and I will say that this movie is not a theatrical release, right? So it's <laughs> is it not? <laughs> it's I fucking hope not. <laughs> you you don't remember back in 2020 the huge theatrical release for Kingdom of Music? Something was going on at the time, <laughs> if I remember correctly. That yeah, I went straight to hampered, HBO. Excuse me. Yeah, it hampered. It's it's big. It, they had big plans, I bet. But uh huh, uh huh. That's why they didn't finish any of the shadows. Um. Oh shit. Sorry. I apparently there's a horse called Swan Princess. We're still in the production companies. Uh, Richard Rich. He's uh, he's back at it again. So we start in. 
okay, so I'm confused here because I I was convinced that this this world was fictional, mm-hmm. but at some point somebody is f- uh, the 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 Russian the 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 Russian XB contestant. They say that she's from the Kievan Rus, which is like a real historical thing. Weird. With like a date and kings and stuff. This is Ivan the Terrible, you know, like. And so now I'm like, is this China or? <laughs> I do not know enough to know if it's China. I would be very surprised if it was because all the set dressing seems so half-assed. They what do they call their country? Like Camry? <laughs> it can't be Camry. Oh, right, right. <laughs> they do have it. I here's the fun fact: is I can't look this up because. Nobody's, nobody cares about this movie. Not even on the Swan Princess wiki? There's a wiki? Dude, I'm not going to the Swan Princess wiki. I, I don't think I f- found the Swan Princess wiki at some point. Do you remember the prince's name? Something Lee? Prince Lee? Chen? Chen, Chen Char, maybe? No, Chen's the dragon. Chen is the dragon. Lee, it is Prince Lee. You are correct. Oh, Lee Char's Wikipedia. Star Wars. Oh man, are you kidding me? This thing, this movie has four point six out of ten, huh? It is Prince Lee. It's Prince Lee and his sister. No Princess last name. Maylee. <sighs> oh, Cathay. It's Cathay. Okay. Well, now I'm looking at Cathay. Is a historical name for China that was used in Europe. Was it? Yeah, Cathay is a historical name for China that was used in Europe during the early modern period. What? Yeah. So, I might be more angry that somebody fucking did something, (laughs) like, I put an amount of effort into this, because it does not show. The the problem is, is that the animation in this movie is worse. Much worse than the last movie, and I think it might be that they introduced a lot of new characters and did not spend a lot of time making them look okay. It's... It's definitely not just that, right? Because like I, um, there there is a certain amount of cut corners in this movie that I haven't seen in the other movies. Like I think the the most egregious thing I saw the last movie we watched was there is a split second where um, a character's model starts t posing a little bit. <laughs> That's great. Somebody I remember in this movie Kate was carrying a chair. You know, it was just like a background extra. Was carrying a chair, and the chair was clearly floating away, and their character model was like walking behind it. It was excellent. Yeah, and th- th- this movie is chock full of that shit that I kind of stopped seeing it. Like at the beginning of this movie, like uh, a lot of these, like the the where, when we start in the capital of Cathay. First of all empty ghost town right <laughs> like there they is show some nobody people in here. like a market this place looks like the like a fucking mmo ass town in world of warcraft like it is just like empty like not full of enough people for me to actually believe that anyone lives there yeah there are two there are two player characters and uh, the emperor is a quest giver, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So the emperor uh, really loves his most European-looking son and hates <laughs> his Asian daughter. And we we find out Prince Lee is going to go to a singing competition, the greatest musical competition in the world. Low six. <laughs> uh, also, this doesn't even matter. <laughs> 
it's so irritating to me because like it's not about his competition and like if they want to do a sing competition they just do American Idol, so that sucks. But if they want to do a singing competition, they shouldn't have made him a prince. Because this, this whole time I was sitting here like, this emperor is going to send the prince away to do a singing competition in another country? Why? And meanwhile, he's going to keep the princess and her her dragon that he cursed at home? This, this guy doesn't seem to make any, like reasonable decisions also i also quick pause don't understand yeah, yeah. i just I don't wanted understand to ask he, you he, he, go ahead. where is this taking place because i think it's a fucking cave no that's the thing is is he has like a secret underground fucking like diablo ass looking temple <laughs> That he uses to just have basically casual talks with his son, apparently. His son, join me in my evil chamber. I'm really proud of you. Good luck on your trip. No, your sister can't go with you. Um, it's it's wild. If my dad had one of these, it'd be it would just it would very quickly in my youth. I would put it in my head as, all right, dad might be evil. We'll, you know, we'll address that at some point. Like, I mean, their dad has not secretly transformed the person that his daughter loves into a dragon. Everybody knows this was him. I don't even think he has kept it from them. <laughs> like, no, they know he did it. May Lee, I believe, tells um, Odette and Derek later in the movie that her dad cursed him with the help of of some other woman. Yeah, this 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 lady who looks like uh she looks like the blind girl from Kotor 2. Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> she, she looks like she looks like a Sith witch. It's amazing because she they clearly finished designing her for the next movie because she has like a face and glasses. Oh, lame. <laughs> so, face. I I don't think that's terrible. That, yeah, I know. Oh my god, I hated that character in Kotor 2. What? She was great. Um, were they Was she in Kotor 2 or was she in Kotor 1? She I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, she was in Kotor 2. Yeah. She had to go kill her master slash uh tormentor slash space dad. Oh, okay. I am thinking of a different person. Never mind. At, while Princess Lee is going on to this trip, Maylee blows up and okay. then her lover sets fire to the docks while and because they fail to sneak onto the her, boat. Her to, plan to sneak onto the docks was to shoot off a single firework in the daytime. And I was really annoyed by this until it completely didn't work. And I was like, okay, I buy this. Sure. All right. And then her lover, who is a dragon and for some reason looks hideous as a dragon. And as a dude, he looks like a dude, but as a dragon, he looks just awful. <laughs> this is the possibly the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. It looks like they took a man's face. Just like stretched it over the dragon face. Yeah, stretched it over a horse. It's distressing. And he also breathes fire in a way that you could have done better with like after effects. Like, I don't know how they fucked up his fire that bad. <laughs> it looks pretty bad. 
Anyway, she gets on the ship, the dragon's following them. Then we get the opening. <laughs> Ten minutes in. <laughs> Same opening, great. They start playing far longer than forever. They do the Swan Princess reveal. Here's the thing. I hate Lee's reason for going to whatever country they live in. Because yeah, I don't remember. I don't want to watch American Idol done by the Swan Princess characters. I just don't. They do that. They do that type of bullshit so often, and I'm sick of it. They did Chops. They did Judge Judy. Now they're doing American Idol. They think of these while watching daytime TV. <laughs> It's bananas because, like, I cannot believe that in the year of our Lord 2020, which is two years ago, a decade after American Idol's heyday, right? Like, nobody gives a shit about American Idol. Like, this movie's for babies, <laughs> right? It's for, like, it's for, like, kids who are too young to understand that the animation's terrible. So just do a baby story. <laughs> it's even more egregious that we also get just so much time dedicated to their dumb fucking like simon joke who's not oh, even yes. on the show anymore like i don't know it's like even if a kid is old enough to know what american idol is like like their maybe their parents still watch it right like none of these references are gonna land none of these none of those people are on that show anymore yeah they I, <laughs> this is nothing so then we get the first moment where i was like uh-oh something's wrong because i kind of enjoyed that joke and this movie, it's been a while since we've watched the Swan Princess movie, but this is what the Swan Princess movies do. They throw so many jokes at the wall that you're like, that one was okay. <laughs> yeah, occasionally one is good. And then and then you get like mad at yourself. Like, no, my weakness, I was, my guard was down. I'm not going to do it again, I promise. Here's the joke. Rogers is giving everybody a tour. Is giving all the finalists for their... Um, music contest tour of the kingdom. So these are all foreigners because this is an international music contest, I guess. Only international though, because nobody from nobody from this kingdom is is competing. Apparently not. Well, you know, then just Odette would win or Roberta would win because she'd make everybody vote for her, so it wouldn't be good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. this joke that kind of works, he is talking about why they have a statue of Scully on their lawn and you know what it is insane to have a statue of scully on their lawn but <laughs> he's he's for all intents and purposes still around like <laughs> but they were he was talking about the statue of scully and all that scully did and so somebody's like wait so this squirrel could just walk around and talk and rogers is like oh yeah all the animals can walk around and talk and then everybody else is like okay we just move on. I thought that was pretty okay. I am glad that finally, 11 movies in. Somebody said something. Stone cold confirmation. Yes, these animals are just speaking English. Because they couldn't deny it anymore is the thing. I, my favorite thing about this scene is that when the uh, when the squirrels are putting up the sign for the competition, they use the registered trademark Swan Princess logo for the sign. Do they? <laughs> yeah, with the registered trademark on it and everything. It's amazing. I, I thought that was really funny. They probably already had it in Photoshop. I also do like when he makes them accidentally drop the the big sign so it shatters and he can show everybody the cool acoustics for when it shatters. That was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. 
I don't like these characters, so I'm starting to enjoy it when they're dicks to each other. No, yeah, I, I, uh, I <laughs> hate, know? I hate, the only people I don't hate are Odette and Derek, and that's because they're just, like, two pieces of spam kind of being dragged around the film. For parts of this movie, they were in their perfect niche, which is just referencing the first movie and the fact that they were dumb throughout the entirety of it. That is, I, as far as I can remember, the only time anything in a Swan Princess sequel has worked that wasn't number nine. <laughs> so then we get to see Elise. She is basically an adult now. I, I, I think, maybe. I guess she's having her coming of age party. So she's... She's, she's I either, guess 16, either or 16 or 18. 16 or 18, yeah. I was like, she can't be 13, because she probably was 13 in the older films, so she's probably 16 or 18. And then Lucas, who looks like a different person. Like, I feel like they aged up Lucas way differently than they did Elise. Also, he looks like garbage. Like, his character design is ass. Um, they're clearly trying to go for, like... Uh, the guy from Tangled. Oh, like a Flynn Rider? Yeah, yeah, like that kind of style of dude, and it just he does has, not like, work. He has, like, cheekbones that you can cut yourself on, and I think it's the animation quality that makes that ugly instead of hot. And Lucas, this is maybe my favorite part of the movie because it shows what a misunderstanding these movie makers have of what constitutes charity. Lucas is growing flowers in third world countries. Oh, no, 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 Tony. That would be so much more work. He is teaching people how to grow flowers in third world countries. Lucas, man, start with corn or something. It's kind of amazing how, <laughs> it's how much I fucking hate Lucas. Because I didn't hate Lucas before. He was fine. He was fine. He was fine, and I I kept trying to give him the benefit of the doubt in this fucking movie, and it's hard. You would think that a character that I have spent the last fucking, like, what, two, three, four years of my life now knowing, I, I would be able to. And I think part of the problem is you're right. He doesn't look anything like Kid Lucas, mm -hmm. who I still didn't really ever like. He was just kind of an annoying little shit. It's kind of an annoying little shit, but you, like, root for him because all the adults around him are crazy. I don't know who this man is. This, and To be fair, Elise also doesn't look like Elise, so it doesn't help. I feel like maybe because she's on the cover, I was ready for Elise's redesign. Because I'd seen it, or seen, like, a preview before. I don't think I knew what Lucas looked like. He looks bad. And, and to the point, he's not on the cover of this fucking movie, which is yes. insane. It's crazy because if there's a story in this movie, the story that is the best developed and therefore by default the best story in the movie, even though I hate this kind of story, is the love triangle. They spent time working on what the love triangle would look like to the point where I feel like the scenes with that involve the love triangle are just better animated than the scenes where it's like somebody ice skating. So like he should be on the co the cover should be about the love triangle. There is a fucking rom-com ass story happening here. Part of the problem, right, is like like all love triangles. 
I think, ever written. They have created a rival that is, by definition, so much cooler and better <laughs> and more likable than the person that they have decided should be the, the, the quote-unquote winner. So you know that Bella is not going to end up with Jacob, but Jacob is 100 years old and dating a teenager. <laughs> yeah, and you know that Katniss is not going to end up with... Oh, I sure hope you're not looking for my help. I never read those books. What was the name of the other guy? I have no idea. I was asking May. Oh. <laughs> I think she, I don't think she's going to answer though. All right. Well, anyway, she's not going to end up with guy who like, you know, is cool and actually is doing stuff. She's going to fall in love with bread boy, uh, whose name I also don't know. I thought that they were going to do the thing that I have only, I think, ever seen done and I'm sure there are some rom-coms that do it, but I've only ever seen it in Enchanted. <laughs> no, Enchanted doesn't even do the same thing. But there was a bit where I kind of thought that Lucas and Lee were going to become friends. And part of the pressure here was that there was at least a friendship between them. Uh, so they would have even felt bad if either of them had gotten with Elise. But that doesn't happen. In fact, Lucas and Lee spend no time together, which makes the end of this movie make zero sense. We're going to get there because there's so much buildup. And there, again, this is this is the thing that we're going to talk about because the other the other plot of this movie, which is May Lee trying to cure her her boy, her artist boyfriend's dragon issue. It is, doesn't matter until the end. So we're, I'm just going to not include it in the summary until we need to. So that doesn't matter. However, I do want to mention, I, I might have said it at the top, it is the only reason for any of these people to actually be here. Because yeah. a decent, maybe not even a decent, but a well- imagined sequel to Swan Princess is somebody else has a curse exactly like hers and they come to her for help. I could see that as a story. <laughs> no, for sure. It's super interesting, but it doesn't have, it doesn't really amount to anything. No, I did. I was do so excited. I thought that the, the, the mystic arts were going to come back. Forbidden arts, I think, but yes. Sure. Yeah. The forbidden arts were going to make a comeback like, oh, but no, instead, instead we just get like Scully does some bullshit, but like, Okay, actually, if we're not going to talk about that, I do want to talk about my one note that I had. My idea was that we were we would talk about it after it after matters, we're going to come up. all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. So, so let's, let's focus on the rom-com events then. Yeah, plot A. So Elise and Lucas are hanging out. Lucas has just gotten back from, who knows, a six-year maybe, just touring the world teaching people how to plant flowers, specifically tulips, I assume. And Elise is so happy to see him. And she's like, we we need to make out right now. And Lucas is and Lucas is like, nah, we're just friends. <laughs> they are so into each other. And Lucas has the same problem that he's always had, really, which is being a dumb shit and being like, oh, no, I could never end up with her. And it's like, dude. She's her tongue is like almost at your throat. Come on, man. D dude, uh, let's not let's not talk about that because I there is a, a scene in this film that legitimately I had to pause the movie. So yeah, because uh, that's the thing though is Elise is like like let's do it, let's kiss. I'm here, 
and and right. Lucas is like, no, no, we're just friends. And now I'm going to go Morse code to Rogers how horny I am for you, which is so weird. Don't it's, do it's, that. It's extremely, it's extremely weird. I was baffled by the fact that he continually goes to Rogers for help, um, which works in the end. But I was like, I hate Rogers guy, so much. You have got to talk to anybody else about romantic stuff because Rogers is bad at it. Talk to Prince Derek. What I wanted somebody to say to him was like, look, maybe you won't get married, but you have been best friends for most of your lives. You're still going to be important to each other. And if you do want to pursue it romantically, you're already really good friends with her. Just like open it up. But nobody says that. I would have loved a conversation with Prince Derek. But Derek's not in this fucking movie, except when he's talking about how what a fucking idiot he was in the first movie. Because he's too. Because he's in the other movie. (laughs) So, Uh, occasionally, yes, occasionally, sorry, Odette will show up and like have a very brief conversation with Elise and then disappear back into the other movie again. It's 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 incredibly pointless. So um, Elise goes to meet Prince Lee when he gets there. He's late. Apparently, all of the other contestants have already been there for a couple days, I guess. But they can't start the competition without him. He's coming from fucking China. Okay, they're all in like European or or like Russian. I don't know if you count Russia's as European is difficult, but like they they don't have to come from China. Okay. (laughs) No, no, for sure. But it's just one of those things. Oh, where it's I like guess the movie one of them's from Africa because there is a very rough African style song. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. go on. I just don't understand why he's late because there's like no tension there. He just is. He just is late. He's just the last one to show up. I think if here's here's what I think it is. I think he's late so that. Elise is already like, and they don't play this aspect up. Elise is already like, well, he's late. You know, I think I think the idea is that they have to start off on the wrong foot. And so to start off, he's late. You know, think of like Hallmark level rom-com. That's where we're at. I don't know. It's just it's it's so much. It's how do I say this? It is worse er than a Hallmark. It has so much less thought put into it than a hallmark rom-com which is an insane thing that i'm saying they the hallmark has a pattern already and they don't yeah they have a template yeah because princely shows up and instead of elise being like oh this guy's late i don't give a shit about him she's like here have this uh have this uh oh, what are those little things called cattails gives him a cattail and then he it like explodes in his face and she laughs and and this is this is supposed to be the tension of the movie as the movie believes it, which is that Prince Lee is too tightly wound up. He made an oath to his father that he wasn't going to get up to shenanigans. He was just going to do this competition and He's win like a winner. He's not going to do shenanigans. He's just going to do this music competition. And I'm not saying that there isn't stress in a music competition. But, like, this is very low stakes for a prince. He's a prince. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he wasn't a prince. We also don't get confirmation that everyone else in this competition, I think, is royalty. They're all just people from other kingdoms. Yes, they don't appear to be royalty. He's tightly wound up. Elise is too much of a child, and there's tension there. Except what is actually coming across to me is that 
Prince Lee is uncomfortable, is far away from home, and Elise is being kind of an asshole. Elise is being kind of an asshole, but as far as she's concerned, she's never going to see this guy again, so who gives a shit? I am okay if with this guy being kind wins of an the ass- competition. He sings at her birthday party. Yeah. Like that's the stake. If it was if it if it was me, I'd be like, I might have to see this guy might be in all the family photos. <laughs> right? She could probably bribe the judges into giving him a low score. Mm-hmm. The pacing in this is unbearable. So uh-huh. <laughs> we start the music competition. It's a it's a it's one song every day, already bananas. Mm-hmm, I don't know why mm-hmm. we're doing this. Well, it's no, it's established that it's not actually a music competition, which is the most buck wild. It is like generically a competition because the only other thing we see is the chef guy who's back, by the way, he's back juggling knives. And then it's like, so, so the idea I think is that actually the people of this kingdom are doing this talent show, but then the the end of the talent show every day is these actually good singers. <laughs> It'd be like if at the end of American Idol they like they like prodded Madonna or something. That would be amazing. <laughs> like, okay, now I'm gonna sing, so you can all hear what it sounds like when a good person does this. That would be such a baller move. Actually, they should have done that. That would have been fun. The first song that we get is um, the the kind of vaguely Lion King style dubstep. Vaguely nothing. Part. It's in shadow and you see a giraffe at first and it's like, this is a rough setup, guys. Yeah, you guys can't do this. And so everybody in the audience knows this song. <laughs> they all start singing along. It's like this was the pop hit of the summer. I don't want to be like rude. This uh, this song isn't the weakest song, but it is pretty bad. It's well, I was very distracted by how racist it felt. And then yeah. And then yeah, it's like, you know, it's kind of dubstepy and all dubstep songs sound the same to me, so I don't care. I don't know if that is showing my age or my whiteness, by the way. <laughs> as a I mean, no 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 no. As a person who like I I am super big on on electronica. I love EDM. I love all that kind of stuff. This was real basic. This was like nothing. Okay. Um, it was very very simple, like hard style with some like African instrumentation thrown in. And I was very bored with it. And then on top of that, also it was just kind of yeah the. I don't think it was like ever it, it never got to a point where I was like, this is racist. But it, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't feel comfortable with this. Yes, this could very easily just not feel a little racist. Like it didn't need to go quite as rough. I do think the thing that made it feel worse was the fact that it was the Lion King themed, which is like this yeah. is such a big it's such a big continent. And there's also just like, this is the only black guy in the movie. This is what he's doing. You know, it's just, it's so it's not like maybe the song itself. It's just the whole, just everything around it that kind of, that kind of hurts it. Count your blessings, man. They could have, they could have done some real bad shit. (laughs) Uh Uh, We get, we get some American Isle jokes. And in the oh, middle of so, this... No, let me... Let's drill down on this real quick for a second. There are three judges. Yeah. It's Uberta. So you're like, oh, great. Rogers. You're like, oh, amazing. And then it's Jean-Bob, which I was like, oh, oh, no. 
This is going to be this is going to be the worst. It's going to be these three characters interacting. The three characters who, as a viewer, I can least stand. Individually, every time these characters shows up, they suck the energy out of my soul. Like a vampire. Uh-huh. All three of them together, it's taking a knife to my soul. I cannot. And yet, I was surprisingly okay with you, Berta and Rogers. <laughs> Is it because Jean-Bob was so bad? <laughs> yeah, I think it's because Jean-Bob is like, he. they have never done this character in a way that where I enjoyed it. And it over time has just gotten worse. Like, why hasn't anybody eaten this motherfucker? Jean-Bob like, is at his best in the first movie when he has a reason for being kind of a weirdo, like kind of a creep who's always trying to make out with Odette because he thinks he will turn him back into a human. And him being afraid of everything is because he's a fucking frog and does not want to be killed. And that's fine. And then every movie since then, one, they got rid of John Cleese. And then they kept making him worse and worse. He's just like, and the same thing happened to Oberta and Rogers, right? They just like became more and more uh, like flanderized. They just became more and more the strongest part of that character and less of a fully realized character. It's the Simpsons problem. It's just obnoxious. Um, we probably won't talk about it again. I, I believe it's in the middle of this song. No, it's not in the middle of this song. If you're about to talk about what Elise says, she yells that she wants anybody but Lee to win because it's playing because the dubstep music stops exactly there and everybody in the audience hears it, which is kind of great. She's also sitting next to Lee, which makes precisely zero sense. The fact that her and Lucas and Lee are all sitting up in this like weird, almost Shakespearean balcony while everyone else sits in the stands. She and Lucas get a box seat, okay? She's the princess. He's her guest. I get that. Lee is performing. <laughs> like He was just on stage and he came up here. Is it because he's also a prince that he like automatically gets to share the box seat? <laughs> but Odette and Derek aren't there. Is it because they're organizing the event? I assume that after they were on stage, they immediately ran back off stage to go hang out with Lee's sister and talk about her dragon problem. That's true. They were like, shit, we, we have another movie to get to. They have to go build a bridge. Somebody listening at home just laughed at that great reference to Princess Tomorrow Pirate today. This is one of the few times that Odette actually, like, comes into this mood. No, this is fucking Uberta, isn't it? I believe so. Who are we talking? Yes, Uberta makes... It would have made sense if it was Odette, huh? Uh, Uberta makes... She's too busy. Uh, <laughs> makes, um... I guess she wasn't there then, because she probably would have talked about it. Uberta makes at least, like, a po- promise to apologize, because, like... You can't just be an asshole to somebody reasonable. Especially royalty. Yeah, there could be a war. There won't be because that would be really tough to like it's wage a bit war. Far but, away. Yeah. But they have dragons, so maybe there will be. Maybe uh, there will be. So Elise goes to complain to Lucas. I don't want to apologize to this guy. He sucks. I hate him. Lucas is like, listen, man, this is you got, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines. Just do what you gotta do. Lucas says a thing. I think it's a little earlier than this, where he, like, basically talks up Lee without, like, realizing he's talking up his rival. And that was the bit where I was like, okay, maybe this movie's gonna do something a little interesting. But it kind of drops 
immediately this idea that, like, Lucas feels anything but animosity towards Lee. Uh, yeah, but and the the other thing is, and I got I love this, is that up until the end of the movie, Lee doesn't even know Lucas exists. No, and that's it's really <sighs> Lee also it's does kind not of awesome. know that his sister is here. <laughs> he never I don't think he ever figures it out until the end. He, he doesn't I don't even think he figured it out until his tutor, who realized she was here immediately. He saw her get on the ship. His tutor. No, he planned this with her because the box that she sneaks into, he put there for her. Did he? Okay, that's amazing. I don't. Does yeah, she know that on he this planned shit. this? Because yeah, because he like looks over, sees her sneaking out. Is like, oh, let's let's look over here. Let's look at the stars a bit more. It's it's the the perfect amount of sea air is the good for the voice. Yes, and then. And here's the one who's like, look, your sister's curse is lifted. And it's like, okay. I love that. Lee was unaware <laughs> that she was even here. He should be like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Dad is gonna be pissed. Pissed. So Lee shows up in this like little tea party zone or whatever. The, the place to play the harp, because at least plays the harp now because she's a cool, she's a princess. So she's, yeah, that's her one, that's her princess activity, you know? Some princesses get spinning yarn, other princesses get playing the harp. Either way, you prick your finger, that's it. So they start talking, and they're not getting along very well, it's not working out. Elise thinks about dropping, like, the conversation entirely, when Lee goes, oh shit, is that a harp? And she's like, yeah, and he's like, oh, I love the harp, I play the harp all the time. Can I play it? And she goes, yeah, of course, it's my harp. So, you know, yeah, go for it. Even if it wasn't, I could give you permission to play it. So it's cool. And he starts playing it. And this is this is one of those things that is true. And I am genuinely surprised that the movie used it so effectively. Somebody made an effort in this movie. Okay, I don't know who. (laughs) It had to be Brian Nissen, the only person who cares, toiling away in the fucking Swan Princess mines. He did his research. Lee sits down, starts playing the harp, and immediately goes, oh, um, your scale is backwards to how we normally set this up at home. Mm -hmm. And so he flips the harp around, which is shaped like a swan, by the way. It's cute. Yeah, very thematic. If, if, If Odette did not walk around being called the swan princess, I would think that the harp was pretty neat. But she does every day. People just call her that. Okay, go on. She's... It has to be annoying, right? It's like it's like eating a banana and being the guy who eats a banana whole for your whole life. Like she's only ever been a swan twice, three times. No, four. Was it? It was, was kind it, of a lot of times. <laughs> it's been so long, though. I was, I genuinely was like, is this the movie finally where it becomes relevant again? But no, it's not. She's also not the princess anymore. I mean, she is. But, like, Princess Elise has never turned into a swan. That's true. As far as I know. No, when we we thought that that was going to happen for a while, we thought that was the point of the Swan Princess sequels. But no. Lee starts playing this song on the harp, and Elise is like, oh my god, I love playing the harp. She starts playing the harp at the same time, because he, she can play it the other way around. Hot. Uh, so they can play together. Yep. And they have intense music sex. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like they're staring into each other's eyes. The soundtrack is going crazy. And the entire time in the background, hiding in the bushes, is Lucas going, Oh fuck. Oh no. Oh (laughs) Oh, no. no. Oh no. Oh god. (laughs) 
And yeah, it's it is kind of a great setup because the only way they could both play this harp is to be facing each other. And so there's nowhere else to look but straight into each other's eyes. And just like that, love is bloomed. And Elise apologizes and he says, hey, it's no problem. And he goes back to his room and she's like, nice. And Lucas is like, holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lucas pretty immediately is like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you hated this guy. Yeah, and she's like, no, he's he's cool. He's cool. Uh, Lucas, we talked about him going to Rogers for advice. Rogers tells him to, like, dance with her. Okay. They meet up again, and Lucas is, like, shooting rocks to, like, prank them so they can't kiss. And the only reason I bring this up is because there is a mildly interesting conversation that, again, occasionally this movie will do something and I'll be like, boy, I wish that went somewhere. Where, like, she confronts Lucas about this. He's like, why do you even like him? I thought we had a thing. And she said, she says something like, I don't, like, I don't know. I can't control that it happened. (laughs) And, like, that sucks. And I kind of wish that, 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 like, feeling was brought into it a little more because there is some like there's an interesting truth there and i don't know if it's a truth about like real relationships but it's definitely true about movie relationships right where like this idea of like the love at first sight thing Mm -hmm. what if that happens to you and this is like an ancient roman idea like that's where cupid comes from right yeah what if that happens to you while you're trying to date somebody else that sucks that would be miserable for everybody the romans thought that love was a um curse they saw it as an illness like a like a malady (laughs) because this is a bad situation (laughs) there there was literally uh uh i forget his name like a, a roman general pompey who married i believe caesar's niece and julius caesar and he and he was in love with her, and people made fun people of him. They were like, "Oh, look at this guy! Who fu- like, this guy fucking loves his wife." And it's like, this guy doesn't have any mistresses. <laughs> what a weirdo! How, what a what a weirdo! What a creep! What a, this loser's sick. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> he's a general. He should be out there getting it wet every day. And instead, he's like, "Can't wait to go home to my wife." <laughs> But, like, that's the thing, though, is, like, this This is such a much more interesting conversation because, like, I don't know if, like, love at first sight or whatever, but, like, the idea that, like, this is a person who you've been friends with since you were kids. Uh-huh. Everybody assumed that this was going to be the thing that happened. They even assumed it, right? Yeah. And then, you know, moving on because because assuming doesn't make it real, right? Like, doing nothing about it doesn't make it real, That would be more interesting. (laughs) I'm just thinking about how, like, how many, like, TV shows end up with, like, the couple that everybody just, like, believed would be together getting together at the end type of thing. And it's like, it's more interesting if that doesn't happen. Because, I mean, I don't, I've, I've watched a lot of anime. Spoiler. (laughs) Have you? And like, I don't know, the childhood friend thing just kind of, it's boring. It sucks. It's why nobody ends up with the childhood friend for that reason. Because the the thing that you want to see as an audience is the work. And I don't know, it's like, I was so excited for this movie to be like, oh shit, so she's just going to end up with this guy. Be- and also, it, it doesn't help that, for the most part, Lucas is severely uninterested until this happens. Yeah, it feels... It f- <laughs> 
That's that's the issue makes with him it, an asshole. He talks to Rogers about marrying Elise. and doesn't talk to Elise about it. I kept the, what bothered me about the love triangle subplot was I wanted a better love triangle. Like if there had been some actual like interest shown from Lucas and Elise, like let's say they got on a date before this, okay? Anything, give me something. Then like we could, you could be stuck with like this really interesting tension of like where do they go from here? But that's the that's kind of the problem is like Lucas is is a manipulative asshole because he just assumed I honestly don't want to put this on Lucas. No, I'm putting this on Lucas. Well, because well, because I was going to see I was going to go more broadly. OK, OK, the okay. writers of this movie write the most boring uh, romantic interactions. Do you know the other romantic the, the only, I believe, other romantic relationship that appeared over the course of the sequels is Rogers and Uberta. And the only mm-hmm. thing that drove that was the fact that they just had a lot of scenes together and yeah. argued a lot. And it's like, ah, there must be passion there. Like, okay, I guess... Like, Lucas has had the problem from the introduction of Lucas that he doesn't think he's good enough to marry Elise. That's always been the, like, subtext there. And, like, that's fucking boring. He was supposed to have gotten over that and moved on to something else. But instead, he's just, like, stuck. He's stuck in amber, like everybody is. Like, fucking Derek and Odette are just reliving the one thing they had together. Like, Jean-Bob is just being a weird frog asshole forever. Like, poor Scully, unallowed to die. He's stuck. This is a much more interesting way to talk about this. It is so frustrating to see new characters injected into this stagnant heart and and think to yourself maybe this is going to get it beating again and then watch it recalcify before your very eyes because nothing changes and the animation is worse like i just don't understand (laughs) last we talked about i re-listened to this episode we talked about in the last Swan Princess episode how they must have upgraded their computers or something because the animation got better. And I don't know if they just like lost $200,000 that they were supposed to be putting into this movie. <laughs> yeah, they lost it. Lost it directly into their fucking bank accounts. <laughs> they quote unquote lost it. Richard Rich is living it up somewhere. There is something that this movie does that I have not seen these movies do in a really long time, which is that this uh-huh. movie has 2D skyboxes for the backgrounds and they look like shit but they look better than the like 3d rendered backgrounds that the movies had been using thus far Mm -hmm. and for a moment i was like oh are they doing this to save on money or are they doing this because they think it looks better and i think uh when they when they go to the tulip fields around this point in the movie where we are Mm -hmm. i was like oh they're doing this to save money they're doing this because they don't they they cannot afford to render like a horizon line and like ambient scatter. So they just painted a a, a background and just stuck it on there because the the lighting in this movie is so flat. I have no problem with that, but like, d- does nobody at this office like have a paid for copy of fucking Unity? Like, 
what are we doing really? <laughs> no, but that's but that's the thing is, is like all of the problems that this movie has are just nothing has physics except for the dresses in this movie. And the dresses are constantly clipping through shit. And like all of the characters move around so stilted. It's like like uh, like you said earlier, it's like they're floating around the uh-huh. it's unpolished is yeah. what it is. This movie feels like an animatic like, oh, they forgot to make the movie. Yes, I have literally seen animatics that look better than this movie because, like, a little bit of effort was put into, like, some shading or making sure that the steps moved in time with how they were moving, Uh, Mm -hmm. which, you know, makes sense because when somebody makes, like, a two-minute one, it's different than making, like, a fucking hour-and-a-half one. Uh, But it's it's so odd for this very long-running series to just feel like no effort's been put behind it. It's one of it's it's one of those things where I really felt like, oh, you know, we had a pretty good run. The last couple of movies were pretty fun. But like there's a part of me that's like maybe maybe the animation never got better. Maybe I was just having more fun. <laughs> <sighs> well, number nine isn't in this movie, so it's possible. God, I know what an asshole. I cannot believe he was too busy. He was doing he was uh, he was in a third movie that we don't get to see. <laughs> Well, he lives in a different kingdom, technically. True. So around this time, we get to see the two more. Let's just go through all three of them. The other musical contestants, we have the other boy who I believe is is supposed to be from India, although I did think that he was from the Middle East at first. He's the last one, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing his now because his is really boring. I literally cannot remember his. I watched this like a few hours ago. It's just like a generic pop ballad, it, but in, you know, but like in uh, 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 Hindi, maybe? I'm no, sure. because I put in my notes that Lee was the only one who sang in his own language. Oh, interesting. Heck, man, I was half paying attention. No, that can't be true because there is some basic Spanish in, in one of them. That's true. That's true. There's, But but it's like pop Spanish. It, it's real basic. <laughs> The heavy yeah. pantalones in la biblioteca, like that level. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I could put together what she's saying, and I took two years of Spanish. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's that level. And she does, she's, she's supposed to be doing like, kind of like a combination, like flamenco style, like thing, but uh she's not really doing that and the song, like I said, the pop, the song is just like a generic pop song, so it's kind of like nothing. And then the 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 Russian one does like an ice skating thing that reminded me that Swan Princess was originally like a ballet. Yeah. So she does like an ice skating routine that looks really bad with like some like knockoff Lindsay Sterling music on top of it. I was really distressed by how bad it looked because I was like, oh, this this sounds okay then. And I was like, her, her mouth, the way she's moving, it's all rough. It feels like the least amount of effort was put into this movie. And then we get Lee. We can't get to Lee yet because while all of this competition is happening, Lee and Elise are, are having like every single rom-com interaction that you could possibly have. They go out to the tulip fields to go see all of um, all of Lucas's tulips. And, a little rude. Uh, he, huh? A little rude. <laughs> Look, yeah. I'm not saying Lucas isn't an asshole in this scene, but it's rude that she brought him here. <laughs> this is, but however, this is amazing. 
<laughs> she brings him to this. Lucas gives everybody a tulip, and he gives Prince Lee, like, a broken tulip? I honestly wanted Lucas to apologize about this. I wanted it to be a mistake, because this was so obvious and stupid that I was like, Lucas, dial it back. But then Lee's reaction's kind of... <laughs> This is a this is fake. This is bullshit. I he's I making believe. it up. He's making it up. He fucking wins everybody else over. Like I hated everybody in this movie. Both of these two suck. <laughs> he says, "Oh, thank you. Actually, a broken flower." Yeah. In yeah, my country. Yeah, which yeah. Never. By the way, quick side note, never, 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 ever 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 go read that fucking page and i think book two of a series of unfortunate events never <laughs> make a character from another country or culture say the words in my country or culture i fucking hate that shit stop doing it it's you don't need to say that we can assume he says in my country giving somebody a broken flower reminds them to be humble to remember that there are people in the world who are broken, broken people and need your help which They're that is people. such a fucking dissy through that threw down and he doesn't even i think know it he's not supposed to have known that uh, he doesn't even know lucas exists <laughs> it is fucking brutal and then everyone else breaks their tulips and it's like this okay is... but but this flower grower who gave you those tulips probably cares about his tulips and does not want you to snap them <laughs> yeah, snapping the necks of these flowers is good, actually. <laughs> if this was, like, set up as a rivalry, right? Like, as a, as a, we're friends and we're gonna be rivals about this. God, that would be great. This would have been such a good... I really thought and maybe even hoped that there was gonna be a moment, because later Uberta changes elise's dance card so that she's dancing with lee instead of lucas and i honestly wanted lee to go over to lucas and be like i want to win this fair and like like make it mm -hmm. so that they both had to dance with her because i was like i really wanted there to be a real rivalry here but there just isn't you're right lee does not know lucas exists until maybe the last five minutes of the film when he immediately is like well i'm i'm out <laughs> i guess i gotta tap out which this, makes zero sense there are broken people in this world who need my help this piece of shit <laughs> the, what it, it's this is the best scene in the movie right, which is a shame <laughs> because it happens so soon um is there any there's another one right there's like another moment i do not remember elise shows off and again, this was the bit where I was like, oh, there's going to be like a real rivalry here. Elise shows off all the spy stuff. Oh, yeah. To Lee. And I was like, oh, she's giving away state secrets. Now she has to marry him. I was like, this is our war. This is our war cabinet, our war crime room. Like <laughs> she takes him down into the <laughs> in, into where all the spy stuff is and starts talking about how like. Lucas was so clever in figuring all this stuff out, and he was so good at it, and he was so brave. And it's like, okay, okay, now we get to see some affection from her to Lucas, and we are defining terms to Lee. This never comes up. I thought it was! I thought he was gonna be like, I respect you or something, let's do this. Nothing. Nothing. They never talk. 
Yeah, Lee hears all of this and is just like, damn, that's so cool. Maybe one day we can go on cool spy adventures. <laughs> and Lucas and Elise get into a, like a bit of a fight over this. Lucas goes to Rogers and is like, all right, I'm coming at you on my hands and knees here, buddy. You got to teach me how to dance. Here's the thing. I guess he was gone, but how does Lucas not know how to dance? He was basically adopted by the prince and princess. Here's the thing is, is that while Rogers is trying to teach Lucas how to dance, <laughs> Lee is, I guess, taking a midnight stroll. And what I love about this castle, this is actually my favorite kind of castle. Okay. Uh huh. It is a castle that is huge. There are so many rooms, so many places in this castle, so many places where people could meet and bump into each other. But it's actually about a hallway long because everybody if, like runs into and like everybody doing secret stuff or having conversations they don't want overheard all the time. It's amazing. It It's the perfect Bridgerton house. Yeah, it's like it's like the air dramatic castle <laughs> for when you want a soap opera in a castle. Lee sees this. And is like, damn, I, I was being Mr. Stelio girl and I don't even, I didn't even know. I've been breaking my vow of diligence. I, <laughs> right. God, I forgot that that's probably the main reason why he gives up on this. And here's the thing. Here, here's what I'm going to tell this to the to the writers of any anybody writing. a. Uh, uh, I was going to say three way romance. That's not right. Love triangle. If, if a person in a love triangle excuses themselves from the competition out of pity you have failed as a writer to properly establish the other person's romantic eligibility there are two ways for lee to have reasonably walked out of this love triangle both of them would have been much more interesting than this the first one is would a little bit too much be feel like the pity route where um he would be giving up her to Lucas because he thinks that they would do well together and doesn't want to get in their mm -hmm. way. He would have to know anything about Lucas and Elise at this point. And he hasn't spent that much time with them. The other one is the, I'm going to call it the Hamilton route, which is he loves his sister, so he decides not to pursue his own love. Mm. I said Hamilton, but that is, of course, what Angelica does in Hamilton. Also, not not quite the same. But yeah, I see it's, what you're going it's, for. But, but it would be about the fact that he would want to break the curse so that his sister could be happy. Because, spoiler, that's what's going to happen. But instead, he never even knows his sister is there. We're told that they care about each other. They get one scene together where they literally say bye. <laughs> he does his singing competition, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, he sings entirely in his own language. And he's like, there's this like forest of blo of cherry blossoms around. I think maybe that's what they are. I th Yeah, I think they're cherry blossoms. Cherry blossoms strike me as Japanese more than Chinese. But you know what? That's not yeah, but that's not true. They, they had a similar thing in Mulan, right? I forget if there were cherry blossoms, and now I feel weird about it. But they were sure they, they are, were sure pink. So they were pink probably. trees. He's wearing white. The stage is this like effervescent white, mm -hmm. and he's singing about, and he's singing, and he's like 
he's he like sees one petal fall from a tree and he like he like hovers it in his hand and blows it at the stage and everyone's like oh my god this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and i'm like man they forgot to do reflections for the trees (laughs) um because they did they it it it, they sure did Forgot is such a strong word. They maybe couldn't be bothered or wouldn't be paid to do reflections for the trees. They do try to cover it up because the ice all around is covered in like petals. But Mm -hmm. Prince Lee does have a reflection and it's like this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So he wins the competition. Elise is like so thirsty for him at this point. She's like he's the perfect man. Mm-hmm. We mentioned this earlier, but winning the competition means that you get to sing at Elise's coming of age party, which is the worst, the worst prize. Yes. I mean, again, this might have been an OK prize for anybody that wasn't a prince. You know, I hate the idea of being paid an exposure, but that's a lot of exposure. <laughs> Unless you're a prince, in which case it's not as much exposure as, you know. It's not because who gives a shit? You're a prince. This is your hobby. You have to go back home and rule the country. (laughs) What are you even doing here, man? It's Princess Elise's coming of age party. Lucas, in the middle of the night, somebody leaves a packet. It could be anybody. Anybody could have done this. It was Prince Lee. Leaves a package (laughs) at his doorstep. uh, And it's an outfit that with a card from Prince Lee that's just like, wear this tomorrow. It's the spy. It's like the spy outfit, but bigger. I don't know how he got this. Taken care of. Pretty sure that Rogers had said that. No, it had to be Lee because he knew about the. But Rogers made it. No, because the note wasn't signed. Are you sure? I could have sworn. I'm going to look this up. Okay. <laughs> Give me a second. Are you going on the Swan Princess wiki now? I know. I don't trust a wiki to do the hard hitting journalism that I need. All right. You know what? Forget it. He gets his upgraded tux, he shows up to the party, and Rogers walks out to him and is like, I'm sorry, but you have been taken off the dance card. And Lucas is like, damn, it's over. I've lost her forever. He's still gonna go, which, honestly, good on you, man. Yeah, at least show up. And then, I don't know exactly how this was supposed to go. Was he supposed to sing and dance at the same time? Like... No, Derek was supposed to dance with her for the first dance that he sang for. And he was like, uh, can I, can I request that instead of singing for your, uh, that instead of dancing with your father, you dance with your love interest? And they're like, uh, okay, (laughs) I guess (laughs) we'll all just go with this. It would feel weird to say no. So Lucas dances with her while Lee sings basically a song about giving her up. It sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the song is fine. The, the, the contrivance of this moment sucks pretty bad. It sucks pretty bad, particularly because I don't feel like Lee has any reason to be doing this. I don't feel like Lee no. has any reason to be like sacrificing his like romantic relationship here. But he does. But he does. The entire time all of this is happening, Princess May Lee has snuck aboard Prince Lee's ship. (laughs) It's so weird to go back to the beginning of this movie now. Okay, yeah. She has her own movie. 
Her and her grotesque boyfriend, he's Chen. Um, he's an artist. They fell in love and her dad cursed him to be a dragon. He's only a human in the seconds that the sun is touching the horizon before it it goes below it completely, which is pretty baller. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. A pretty brutal curse, actually. Because, like, Odette and, and Derek, they get, like, a whole night. They're doing this because, one, her dad doesn't want her to leave uh, although he does want to break the curse but his evil assistant says that it's impossible i don't know if he has regrets about this curse or if he is just like can you break the curse because she's not fucking giving up because the curse spoiler has to be broken by god the way they say this is so contrived because it seems like it's a curse on him because his kid needs to give up their true love those are the terms and conditions and which which means to him may lee has to give up her true love which means she could just go on being a princess the reason she is sneaking off is because she wants to go meet the swan princess and ask her how she broke her curse literally the most reasonable thing i think any person does in this movie is to ask the swan princess how she broke her curse. She doesn't get a great answer. Yeah, she gets a pretty bad answer. Well, first I died. Well, no, technically I killed her (laughs) by breaking her heart and then we kissed while the sun was setting over the lake. Derek's like, so I confessed my undying love to a woman that I couldn't tell wasn't her. Is that so bad? <laughs> Is that so bad? And in another scene, she's like, <laughs> she's like, Odette had to die to lift the curse. And Dirk's like, she didn't die. She's right here. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty good. It's like, this is like the best, the most fun that Derek has been in many movies because it's just him. It's just him trying to defend the absolute bonker shit that he pulled <laughs> in the original <laughs> Swan Princess. I was under a spell. I couldn't tell. <laughs> and I love, I love Odette do like softly, con- like consoling him. Like, I know what happened, but also, no, I'm not going to explain this. <laughs> And there, there's a great bit where he, where they're like, they're the, the these two lovers are holding each other, hoping to break this curse, and Odette's like, I think you have to confess your undying love now, and Derek's like, No, I did that earlier. And she's like, I think you did it again, and he said, Well, you were dead. <laughs> so how would you know? And she's like, Oh, or <laughs> I think he said kind of dead. So well, you were kind of dead. Uh, to be uh, fair, she was, I believe, at the time a ghost swan. It was weird. I had a note here. Let me read you this note. I was like, too bad Derek and Odette don't know any any magicians. Uh, except, except the one, Bridget. And number nine, maybe. And then as I was writing that note, they're like, we have to go see Scully. And I was like, fucking Scully? Why? I cannot believe that this fool has been dead in more movies than he has been alive. Many more movies. He was he was alive for like the end of a single movie in which he dies. <sighs> Good for him. Still getting work. They go to Scully. Derek gets to shoot a bow at a dragon to 
nick the scale of the dragon <laughs> so that they can get some dragon blood to try out a uh, a potion. A transformation potion, yeah. The potion, I believe, ends up just giving him an extra finger. Uh-huh. Which Scully's like, hey, good news. That'll help your grip. Thanks, Scully. Doesn't work. Uh, Scully ghost infiltrates the evil sorceress's secret evil chamber. I assume it's separate from the true the emperor's evil chamber. It looks smaller. It's smaller, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like a damn. Now I can't think of a good I was trying to think of an architecture term and I didn't. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's a it's a little little side closet. Yeah, it's like a little evil side closet to the to main, the main chamber probably where she has dark waters to spy on the princess. Yeah, she's spying on the princess through dark waters. Scully shows up and he's like, oh, I'm going to get a look at the spell uh, directly at the source. And I'm just like, why wouldn't you do this first? Right. Why, why play with the the arcane threads tied around with this tied around this man's soul before understanding what it is that they're even like uh, doing? He probably want to go all the way to fucking China. <laughs> How long does it take a ghost to go to China? I certainly don't Apparently know. not that long. <laughs> no, he's not only that gone long. for like a day. It's possible he has to walk through like a dark door to get there, though, you know? Like he mm-hmm. has to enter the underworld, and then in the underworld you can come up wherever. They don't explain how he got to China. <laughs> no, but he gets there, he sees it, he knocks over her dark waters, he comes back, he describes to may lee the characters that were written uh that he saw she reads it out to him and he goes yeah i know it this is exactly what i thought it was the only way to break the spell he was worried this is what it is this is a good scully by the way (laughs) (laughs) thanks i've been listening to these movies for a long time (laughs) uh he's like Wow, I, I I did get broken out of it, so I don't know if I can go back Sorry to that place, that. that dark place. The only we. Um, it's 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 like a Kermit impression, right? It's in there. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> and and he's like, I was really I was worried about this. Turns out the only way to break the spell is if the emperor's child gives up their true love. And I immediately at this moment, about thirty minutes into the movie saw the ending so it's very (laughs) obvious what the ending is right but there could have been some fucking dramatic irony some dramatic tension in knowing Mm -hmm, what the mm -hmm. ending is going to be to this movie and still like seeing this romance start to blossom but the thing is that lee never finds this out because what should happen is he should be falling in love with elise and he finds out how to break his sister's curse and is like, there's only one thing to do. I love my sister more. Like, that would be something. But they don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. No. Once they find this out, the dragon, Chen, he is like, you know, I'm done. I'm tired of this. I've been, I've been, I, we've been trying to break this curse forever. And I can see that me being here is just hurting you. I'm going to run away and never come back. May doesn't like this idea, obviously, because she's given up a lot (laughs) to be with this dragon man. She has fully refused to give up her love. She's like, I can't live without him or or something like that. When she recuses herself from her love and it doesn't work, 
and Scully's like, listen, you know, the, the, the mind can say no, but if the heart says yes, it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, you can't just be like, okay, I promise not to love him anymore. It's just not good enough. So he runs away, and then the next night, she's waiting for him to come back, and he doesn't come back, and her heart's broken, and she's like, I'm going to be sad forever. She Um, dramatically faints. She does dramatically faint. Derek carries her back to their room, and they're like, hey, your brother's about to sing. Do you want to come watch? And she's like, no, I'm too sad. I might die from sadness. So... While Prince Lee is singing, um, she shows up to watch, I believe, and Dragon Chen, his name's just Chen, but he's a dragon. So I just I feel weird just calling him by his name. He shows up to spy on her or maybe also to listen to him sing. Unsure. So so there was a bit where he was he was flying away from the the castle and I think he glowed a little bit and he started immediately turned around and went back. I think he knew his curse was breaking. Oh, I see. I, th- I, I think see. that is supposed to be the subtext. Okay, so he starts going back. His curse breaks, and she turns around and is like, oh my god, but how? It's not sunset. And this is when the attendant, who has been in this movie the whole time, the only person in the film to know what's happening on both sides of the film, yep, says to Prince Lee, your broken heart has broken the curse. <laughs> Congrats. Thanks. (laughs) Smash cut to be continued. That's not entirely true, but it's pretty much what happens. We get a little bit of a wrap up, but basically in like two minutes after this, Prince Lee is like, I guess this is over between us. And he walks off screen and it and then we get to be continued. I hate Lucas so much. I maintain that it's not Lucas's fault. It's everybody's fault. Oh, this movie had stuff in it that could have made it a decent movie. But all the stuff that they spent time on sucked. And and that's kind of the ultimate thing is that at every possible moment, they chose the less interesting movie to make. Mhm. Which is kind of impressive. Almost, I guess. I don't care. The movie, I didn't even, it fucking wore me down, man. At at every level, it was just so miserable to watch. And it didn't even have, like, number nine walking around making jokes. It's just really soul-crushing. Yeah. Feels bad to talk about it, too. And now there's gonna be one more. And then we're free. What's the next one? A royal wedding. Okay, so I guess Elise and Lucas get married. I sure don't think Lucas is still on the cover, but I might be wrong. I'm not looking it up. I, I'm i not excited at all to know what this next one's going to be. Fuck you. IMDb, no. What did it do? Is there another one? Upcoming from Richard Rich, Swan Princess, A Fairy Tale is Born, post-production. Post-production? They made it? Or does he always it's claim done. post-production? <laughs> I think IMDb does always claim post-production. I'm just wondering if Richard Rich always claims post-production on his tax scam. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to get it out before he's got to get it out before uh, before April. We're free. I after this, unless unless I hear some truly wild shit about this, it sounds (laughs) like a reboot. We're done. I am never watching a movie touched by this man again. (laughs) And this is me formally saying that we're never watching the Alpha and Omega series. Oh, amazing. We might watch Trumpet of the Swan. Thank you for listening to Direct-to-Video. VHS? VHS? 
I have been your host, Tony Robusto. And I have been your host, uh, Andy Reyes. <sighs> Join us for the, 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 the dramatic finale of this thrilling duology. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheaterBats or at my website, inspiredbytrueevents.org. Yeah, and you can find me uh, You can find me at my other podcast, Time Honored Pictures. We are going to be watching another kind of five-star runtime movie, so it's going to be a while before we get into it. So look forward to that. Uh, I no longer have a Twitter. <laughs> it's gone. But I still haven't really figured out where I'm going to be, the but Twitter that's the future. App is approaching unusability rapidly approaching like even my very casual use of twitter is now difficult (laughs) and it's like this is unsustainable so i might end up off twitter too eventually yeah i was on a warpath just blocking every single advertised tweet that was shown to me and then at some point like three weeks ago may pointed out hey like every two tweets is like an ad now and we and kind of convinced me you know what let's just let's it there's no point it's it's not fungible as a as an app so it's it's been weird but you know i'm, I'm gonna figure something out i might i might i i've been on a couple of uh, i've been on like one other social media site just kind of like trying it out but i might i might hop onto something a little more broad just to have more to do but we'll see if, in the meantime, you want to contact us directly, I've stopped plugging this, but we should, email mail at direct2.video. Oh, yes. Ask us a question. Ask us a question. Uh, suggest movies. Uh, a third thing. Do a third thing. Yeah, uh, go ahead and go onto your, uh, the, the Apple Podcast app and rate us five stars. Uh, let people know that we are the only people in the world who have seen every swan princess movie that's not true yet <laughs> that's not true yet it, uh, go, go ahead and plant the flag for us <laughs> before it becomes untrue <laughs> uh thank you to lee rosevere for planet e off the album trappist one i am the ghost of john smith lily stand for life that's their ship name now okay By the way, it is extremely, it was extremely chill to have you do an episode because it had been so long since I listened to an episode that I myself hadn't had to edit. It was wild. It was great. I kind of love the feeling. It's a lot like listening to someone else drive your own car. <laughs> there, there was a moment there where I was like, I'm pretty sure we had a super long tangent that Andy just cut out. I'm very hands-off when it comes to that kind of stuff. I usually only cut stuff if I listen to it and I go, oh, I just, I, me, I just said a bunch of bullshit and I'm just going to get rid of <laughs> all of okay. that. I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, usually I'll leave your shit because I'll be like, oh, that's an interesting point Andy made, but like, man, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>